Hello and welcome to another episode of Film Friday. Uh, this week I have Naomi Marcus on. Say hello to the people, Naomi. Hello, people. My name's Naomi, or Nay, or Nomi, mm-hmm. or Nay Noni, or Nay Dog, um, Nay Dog, Nay Drizzle. Uh, any of the above will go. <laughs> um, yeah, I live in Vancouver uh, along with Kevin. I'm from Northern Ireland originally. I've been in Vancouver for nearly 10 years, and yeah, that's me, really. Yeah. Um, and you picked The Truman Show. I picked The Truman Show because it's one of my faves, if not my favorite film. Which is rare for Naomi because, you know, <laughs> for someone who's coming on a, a podcast about movies, she's not really a movie lover. That is very true. There's very few movies that I actually like. Um, very few movies I've actually ever seen. <laughs> one of them. Um, and I love it. And it's a good one. It. Um, so The Truman Show, it was released in 1998. The director was Peter Ware. Writer was Andrew Nicole. And one of the things we do on this show now is that I'm going to give you the budget and then you have to guess what the box office was. Right, no problem. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be so good at this. I really yeah, know definitely. all about all this kind of stuff, as you can probably tell. Yeah, hundred yeah. um, <laughs> percent. I don't think anybody's gotten even close. Maybe one week, someone got. I think Hartley might have gotten really close. But um, so the budget was sixty million. How much do you think it made? Sixty million in the late nineties. That's quite a lot of money, really, isn't it? And um, mm. so I'm guessing how much it made in the box office. I'm gonna say. Um, a hundred and fifty million. Not bad. It's made two hundred and sixty-four point one million. Okay, I'll take that. That's not bad. I mean, no, that's that's good. That's um, yeah, only a million off. <laughs> sure, what's that? That's, <laughs> that, that's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> yeah, it didn't even break a billion. <laughs> um. So for anybody that hasn't seen The Truman Show, uh, we also like to do a little 10-second segment. So you're going to get 10 seconds here, Nay. Um, no do-overs. Luke, last week, my friend, got a do-over. You got a three-second do-over. But uh, no do-overs now. No, <laughs> for Luke, none for me. Now, well, to be fair, Luke's was really... Like, Luke, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Well, Luke's first one, like, we were doing Twister, and he just didn't talk about the Twister in his first 10 seconds. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, on, so, uh, yeah, come on, Luke. <laughs> Are you ready? Get prepared. All right. Ten seconds. Right. Just explain the movie. I'm gonna count you down. Three, no pressure. Two, one, go. The Truman Show is a movie about a man who realizes that He's being watched and something's not right and things are weird. Uh, and he, that was definitely not 10 seconds. I'm going to finish. in my hands. So I, I wasn't looking at you. You made me nervous. I'm just going to finish. I'm just going to finish. Um, okay. He realizes that he's being watched and things are weird and he <laughs> wants to get away and he wants to escape. And that's kind of what you're watching him realizing this and trying to get away. Mm. That's pretty good. You could, uh, um, just so you know, uh, you can spoil stuff in the 10 second uh, thing. So you could have just been like, it's this guy that's on a TV show and doesn't know he's on a show. Right, okay. That's something <laughs> that actually you should have told me beforehand. Well, you know, that's what you get for breaking the rules. Do you know what I mean? I let you go on and you broke the rules. This is like a role, this is a role reversal here. Um, <laughs> and I am actually technically Kevin's boss. So yeah. um, it's a bit weird for him to be telling me what to do. Yeah, <laughs> Is and I will milk this for every chance I get. <laughs> you should, you really should, because yeah. tomorrow in work. No, not gonna fly. 
<laughs> oh, lovely. Why did you pick this film of all the films that you could pick? Um, so yeah, as we said, I'm not really a big movie buff. I'm not, I, I generally don't really have the patience to sit and watch a whole film. Um, mm-hmm. um, this is one of the only films that I can sit and actually watch, like fully watch start to finish. Um, and I just love how, like on the surface, it's very, you know, like it's kind of, it's, it's light, it's bright. It's, you know, an easy watch but mm-hmm. actually so dark. And the, I think the more you watch it, the more of the dark side of it you see and the more of it you start to question. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that, like, juxtaposition. Yeah, definitely. When's yeah. the first time that you, like, watched it? I don't actually remember. I know I definitely didn't see it in the cinema when it came out. So it came out in 98. So I probably was about maybe 14 or 15. It was probably just on the TV or something. Um, it's, it's definitely one of those yeah. films I feel like when you're younger it's always it's not that it's always on the telly but yeah it's like a Sunday afternoon like flicking mm. through you know your five channels and <laughs> it was always on the TV yeah it was I don't I don't know how many times I've watched it I haven't seen it like a hundred times or anything but probably like ten times mm-hmm. um, yeah. and, and, and this is probably true of all films but like every time I watch it I get something else out of it I learn something else I notice something else and um, mm-hmm. And that's quite rare for me. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely like some films. I feel like you watch it once and you're like, oh, I got everything from that. But um, yeah, really with this one, especially over time, because as I as we said, it's just like this guy that's entire life is being viewed by people. So like, how relevant is that? <laughs> I know, I know, and like he doesn't know, and he hasn't consented to any of this. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> yeah and it's it's interesting to watch it now because we live obviously live in a world where it's like instagram youtube tiktok mm-hmm. like everybody is putting everything about themselves out there yeah. um and in a way that's similar to truman's life however yeah. tiktok and youtube and everything is so scripted and you only see the side of people that they want you to see yeah. um and how many people kind of do you think like how many tiktok and youtube and instagrammers would love to like be in Truman shoes I think not, literally none of them not really? one of them because you like he nothing he has nothing private like literally nothing like he can't even go to the toilet without everybody in the whole world knowing about it like all is like a little you know like the little embarrassing things that you do on your own and you think nobody's <laughs> watching you like he can't like that's literally the opening scene of the film as well as him standing in front of the mirror and <laughs> um, pretending that he's on a um on the moon or something I think He's yeah, astronaut. there's one of them. I don't know if that's the first one or the second one, but funny that you say that. When I seen this as a kid, I used to do that every time I went to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I'm not messing. Like, if I'd, like, get the chance where, like, I was finished the shower and, like, it was all foggy, I'd, like, draw that little spaceman suit. Amazing. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm on a film right now. <laughs> But yeah, I think like, and that's a thing, right? See, so for you, you'd probably love to make that into like a little, like a TikTok or something and show people that, but that's your choice. And that's yeah, exactly. a huge difference here is that, and it's it's also like, you know, YouTube and everything, like people are performing, like that's exactly what it is. You're performing for an yeah. audience um, and he's not, he just thinks he's just living his life. Yeah. But I suppose that's what um, Christoph, the creator of like the show says, what makes it so good that he just doesn't know. 
Yeah, so he's just living a normal, genuine life, which, of course, he is. I mean, he is, but he also isn't because, like, exactly. nothing about his life is normal. Everything is controlled. Mm-hmm. He has no control over anything in his life, really. Yeah. So it's weird when it started because it doesn't have any of like starring Jim Carrey or like directed by Peter Weir, who's the director, as like all starring Truman Burbank, and it's like starts like a documentary. Um, point actually I'd never noticed that before yeah like I was just watching it last night and I was um, I guess I suppose because I watched so many films like I'm always like okay here's the opening things but then it's that opening starring Truman Bur- Burbank with like the Jim Carrey scene and I was like that's not that's Jim Carrey <laughs> and they didn't even do it they don't do it at all until like the end credits at all but like I just I think that's a really um, I don't know for filming wise and anyway that's like a weird thing to see yeah but, yeah, I guess they're trying to get you into the, yeah, the the sense of what it's like to be somebody who is literally just watching this. Yeah, basically we yeah. are the the people that are watching it. Yeah, I I was curious though. One thing that pops straight in my head. So like then they have the interview with Meryl, his like wife, yeah, quote unquote wife, and it just led me down this rabbit hole. Like I was watching the film, but my brain, I was like, so. Has she, does she ever see her family? I was thinking life? this too. I was wondering this as well. Um, Like what kind of life does she have? Like does she have a husband or a wife outside the show? Like the, she, I assume, doesn't have kids or, or whatever. Because she talks in that interview about like, oh, it's so fulfilling and the show is my life and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, and obviously it's like a 24-7 job for her. Um, so I'm there's like zero work-life balance there. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it made very very well. Um, because actually something that I noticed was there's a scene where Truman's mom comes over and then Meryl is going to drive the mom home and he's like, "I'll take her, I'll take her," and Meryl's like, "No, no, 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 I'm going to do it." And I'm like, "Why is she insisting so much?" And it's probably because if she gets to like drive her home for 45 minutes, actually she can take a break, like she can go yeah. to the bathroom somewhere and switch off, um, which is probably quite rare. Yeah, Let's I mean, get those times for her. So they met. Uh, they show you in the film that they met when they were supposed to be teenagers, the most adult-looking teenagers I've ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, what about they're either in college or they're in high school or something like that? What about his friend? What's his friend's name? Um. Oh yeah, uh, Marlon. Marlon. So they say that they've been friends since kids. Like, and I was wondering this too. So is it the same actor? That they'd had because I think they oh, said, like, shit. like I didn't have think they, of that. That's what I was trying to figure out because um that's a big risk to take in hiring like I don't know what age they were, like a seven year old or something. I hope mm-hmm. that he's gonna grow up to be this great actor. And yeah. I assume it is the same actor. But really, so if that's the same actor, so I was thinking in the sense, so Truman is in this and he's lived his whole life here, so he doesn't know any different. Yeah. But what if you're this kid that's like got put into this, your parents put you in here when you were like five or six and then they're like, this is your life now. Yeah. Thanks. Like, yeah. Like you're aware that like everything in his life must be fake. Yeah. Because he, like, he's aware of the outside world and he doesn't really have any real connections with people, I suppose. Yeah. And like, okay, kids can't keep secrets. So how do you get <laughs> a seven-year-old to be like, not telling him, oh, by the way, mate, like you're real famous in the outside world. I 100% would be like, you're on telly, man. What? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, yeah. And like, um, 
Marlon and like and all the other ones here in it like uh, from from a young age um like do their parents come with them or does he have to like mm. pretend that his on-screen parents are his real parents like that's a lot to ask a child to do yeah the more i watched the film the more questions i had about the world outside of the show oh you know i was like yeah. so how does this work like how do all these people work like do they all have families because if they all have families like it's weird it is weird i i guess it's kind of like um if if you're jo- like in the real world if your job is like in the army and you go on deployment uh, like a year and okay. all you get is like the occasional facetime that's kind of what i'm thinking it's like and then mm. i'm guessing that um that they write the characters out for like a month um, like, oh, she's going to stay with her mum for a month or something. And then that's when they actually get to go and have a proper holiday. Yeah. Um, oh, they actually do that when he's like, oh, that's a, fu- I, I actually made a note of that. That when they're talking about when they're kids and like they're talking about a story when he gets pneumonia and he's like, yeah, do you remember I was sick? He's like, you were out of school for a month. Oh, yeah. And I was like, maybe that was like them giving the kid a break. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. That's <laughs> That's totally what they were doing. Yeah. I thought I thought it was funny, like right from the start, and his neighbor with the dog, but like he has the bin, and there's like a camera on the bin, and it's so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and it's this old guy just holding a bin with very clearly a camera on it, and he's just like, yeah, and he's just carrying it around like that, just like an actual camera. <laughs> and the dog, like the dog, must have a camera in its collar. The dog <laughs> up on him every morning. Can you imagine how good? those cameras would be if they like did that today like say they yeah. Really made, like yeah because there's one point where they do like a phone-in thing with Christoph the creator and somebody mm-hmm. says like oh how many cameras do you have and he's like oh it's like in the region of 5,000 and I'm like that's nothing today nothing. like obviously that was a lot at the time but then that's like nothing. yeah that, it's, that's absolutely nothing now like there's probably more than that if you just get onto like a Skytrain here yeah everybody has one in their pocket yeah yeah I was I was um, curious, like when I was watching this, how obviously he has this fake life that he thinks is real. But how many jobs do you think that... It's funny, all these questions that came up aren't actually directly about the film. I was just really curious. I was like, how many jobs does this show create? Oh, yeah. Because there's all those actors getting paid and then there's all the, I guess, like editors, people who do the lights and... There's a person that's the radio host. Like, is he a real radio host? So I was wondering life? as well. I'm like, this is so interesting that they have like a radio show that is obviously playing live because you see that scene where he's in the car and he's listening mm-hmm. to the radio and then he switches to the wrong frequency and he can hear them all saying stuff. Yeah. So that's obviously being like broadcast live. And I'm like, why did they do that? Like, the, you know? Yeah. Like they had, they are creating this world where anything goes because he would never know any different. So they didn't have to have things like a radio show or like jobs or mortgage payments or like any of this stuff. And yet they still chose to do it. And I guess it's because they wanted to create, I mean, it's a social experiment. Basically. Yeah. yeah, For, for whatever reason. And, but I guess they probably just wanted like the, the general public as in the people who are watching the Truman show, not us as the movie watchers, the people in the movie, if you know what I mean, they want them to, like relate to it in some way or yeah do you know what i I mean i never thought of that that makes that's such an interesting point that they could have made his world anything literally anything they wanted yeah like they could have made it like 
a show where like he lives in like a zombie apocalypse yeah. or like like something a bit more um exciting I, yeah but yeah. i guess it's true though because i was thinking do you know there's that line when the creator when he's being interviewed like you said earlier on and he talks about like we find people leave him on when he's sleeping and weirdly enough i remember when like big brother came out mm-hmm and like people would just leave it on 24 yeah. seven at night when they're sleeping. And it's like, you just leave your telly on and you're just people sleeping on the telly. It's so but weird. It, and yet there's something really comforting about it, especially yeah. when you live in the same time zone as that stuff that's happening. Mm. You know, like you're going to bed when they're going to bed. And yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's like, this is, it's, I guess it's a feeling of not feeling alone. Mm-hmm. Um. I love the product placement uh, that the they put in is brilliant. <laughs> and I think, like, thinking back, whenever I'm sure it was the same for you, but like when we were growing up on TV and stuff, like we didn't have product placement the way that they did in America. Yeah, definitely like, it, not. It's still a fairly new thing at home, and it's definitely not as overt. So when she's doing the stuff like about the hot chocolate and the um, uh, the, the lawnmower and stuff yeah. like that, like. That was very like, well, and, he, and even he knows he's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? What that sort of about? like, but it's <laughs> it's very fun. I find that like, it was very comical. Yeah. Oh, Jim, I, I love Jim Carrey. This because like, there's that moment when she does it with the hot chocolate. He's like, who are you talking to? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> because it is like you do wonder because the world's fake. How long does it take? Like, so all that fakeness, like, there's no genuineness in it. And, like, I think the only genuineness he gets, well, is from the good acting from um, his best friend, Marilyn. Yeah. But, like, how long would it take for someone to crack, obviously, 30 years, but after just dealing with an entire life of nobody being real with you? Yeah. And, yeah, he doesn't know they're not being real. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like, I think the cool thing about the film is that, like, there's just layers upon layers upon layers of, like, commentary of human things that you could look at in the nice, in the good light or in the negative light that, in the good light is that he, he does feel that there's something wrong. Like, so. Yeah, he knows something is off. And, like, pretty much at the start of the film, like, they don't really have to do much setting up for you to, to get into it. And like, yeah. pre- like obviously, like one of the first scenes is that light falling from the oh, yeah. from the ceiling, um, yeah. and then they covered up by saying it was like a plane Play. falling apart or something like that. Yeah, um, but he very that... quickly realizes that something's yeah the dad coming back as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the big thing for him um, in the film. It's like when his dad comes back, he's like, "This is so fucking weird." I think that's used as the catalyst, if you will. Yeah. It definitely is. It's the thing that makes him be like, something is definitely weird here. Yeah. So when Truman, spoilers, when Truman leaves, there's all this, all these jobs, like hundreds and hundreds, oh. thousands of people unemployed. They must be. Either that or else they maybe go back to the drawing board and get another baby and start it all again. Yeah. Um. But something I was thinking about was like, so this obviously started like literally the day he was born. Mm-hmm. Um. How boring must this TV show have been for like a good five years, <laughs> if not more? Like, babies are great and I love them, but like they don't do anything worthy of being watched 24-7. <laughs> Especially just like the first, like first couple of months, like you just be like. Yeah, when they don't even like crawl or like babble or anything, they literally are just 
Yeah. Lying there. <laughs> Crying a lot. I... Ugh, there's just so much of this film. Like, I took so many, like, ting notes, but there's just so much you can get into. Like, literally every scene. Like, even that scene that we're talking about when the Abbots are playing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like, about a hometown family that's, like, shows you that you don't need to go across the world yeah. to experience real life. But also, the reason that his mother comes over is because... They're like showing him, like it's such a manipulated thing. They're yeah. showing him all the family photos and um, they're showing him what he has and then they leave to, and then the TV show says, all you need is like all your family members. So he's there with a book, like a photo album of yeah. all his loved ones and there's a show saying that that's all you need. Like how, that's so like manipulative. And the whole thing is fake. Like it's look at all these yeah. people that love you and it's like not one of these people loves you. And it's yeah cuz so this that scene comes after him being like trying to book the flights to Fiji, trying to leave and it's not yeah. happening for him. And um, because he feels like he hasn't seen any of the world and then his mom comes over and she's like remember that time we went to um Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore and it's just like <laughs> badly photoshopped photo and the mom's yeah. like oh yeah you slept in the car the whole way there. Like, I don't remember this at all. Did they drug him as a child? <laughs> and a drill. <laughs> <laughs> you have, yes. Please, oh no. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like so it's beyond manipulation. Like there is so, part. I mean, there's obviously so yeah. many. Like the the ethics behind all of this is like probably the over overlying like question is like how morally can you do this to somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it's interesting that they visit both ways because like. Christoph's way of saying is like, well, he was an abandoned child. What would life would he have had? Yeah. And it's like, on the other side, it's like, well, you should have given him that choice. He yeah, should have. Yeah. And also, like, he could have had a great life and he could have had a terrible life. But the point being, like, he would have had control over the yeah. aspects. I don't know. Would he? Well, we'll um, never know. We'll never know. No, I, well, yeah, we I could like know. It. We could find those other four babies that they didn't pick. Drug addicts, <laughs> <laughs> all of them. All of them. Yeah, and I thought, like, when I was a teenager and I watched it, I really wanted to, like, see what happened after he left. And I wanted, oh, so like, much. I wanted, like um, a sequel or some kind of follow-up. And, like, now I'm like, I don't want one because it would be the most depressing sequel ever because if we're going to be real about it, the rest of his life was messed up. Like, imagine how much therapy he would need. He's leaving this show where everything has been pretty much perfect. Like, the only bad things he's ever experienced are under controlled circumstances. And it was used, again, like his dad dying and drowning and everything. Like, that was pure manipulation to make him scared of the water. Like, that was, yeah. So, the only thing, yeah, the only negative things he's ever experienced has been completely controlled. He's never lived in a world with like terrorism or any like any horrific stuff um, and now he goes out into the world he doesn't have anybody like I know it's this lovely scene in your head of like um, that girl I'm coming sure, yeah. to meet him and everything but like in reality they spent a total of like 15 minutes together years ago yeah. they don't yeah. know each other <laughs> um, well she knows him she knows him through watching the show I guess but yeah he leaves and he's got nobody. He's got nothing. Like, I yeah. hope he puts in a massive court case. Um, yeah. But does he even know? Like, so my thing was, um, I agreed with, like, thinking of, like, the horribleness of his life. But I was on a different spectrum. I was like, how can he ever question, like, be okay with his reality again? Like, how 
does he live his life without questioning his entire reality? You'd have to question everything, yeah. Everything. Like, you couldn't live a normal life but without being like, was this a ploy to, like, get me to act back normal and am I back oh, on the yeah. show? Like, did they only want me to think I'm free? That's a good point. So, funnily enough, I got that. I was thinking about that because I, I looked did a deep dive into the, the creation and the idea behind it. So the whole movie is based off an episode of the Twilight Zone. Oh, no, that was out. Will not surprise you, but I've never seen that. Yeah, so the Twilight Zone is kind of like you know black. Well, you know the idea of Black Mirror. Don't I've you? actually seen a few episodes of Black Mirror. Yeah. So the Twilight Zone is basically the black is basically old school Black Mirror. Okay. Um, except it's not about technology. Some of them is about technology, but it's about weird, uncomfortable s- stories about human beings. Okay. But there's an episode, like, and it's only like a twenty minute episode where this guy just like finds out he's the star of his own TV show and he doesn't know it. Oh, interesting. But the ending is he he meets the creator of the show and the show is like, you're we create revenue and jobs for hundreds and hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. Do you want to like ruin that? And he was like, I want my privacy back. Like, I want it back. Yeah. So they finish up and uh, they give him a check for a million dollars. Um, and like he, he sees all his fans and stuff. And then he's like, hmm, maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe I do want this maybe i do want all this stuff and then one of the other people is like well i'm thinking is that if i wanted to keep you on show on television i'd just tell you that you weren't being watched anymore so you'd go back to normal and he's like sandy says so if you wanted to keep it going just act like you don't know and he just leaves and that's the end Uh, of it and that's the end of the episode oh interesting but it, it takes a different um, take on it because the guy is happy that he's being watched. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's obviously very different. Yeah. On this because he's, I mean, he doesn't know he's, be- well, he knows he's being watched, but he doesn't know that he's on TV. I mean, just, yeah. But, yeah. He's not- but also in the Twilight episode, the guy's had like a whole life and the thing has only been like the past five years. So. Okay. So his whole life wasn't like fake in the way that Truman's was. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. A million dollars, though. I'd take that. No problem. No, I'd be looking for more than a million. 100%. Yeah. Well, this was, I think the Twilight episode was made like back in like the 70s or okay. the 80s. Okay. The 80s. So a million dollars would probably be what's equivalent, like uh, close to a, a lot. I don't know. A, a lot, lot more. <laughs> $500 million. We'll go with that. <laughs> I like um like the music in the film is fucking so good. It's really good, yeah. I find it's weird like whenever Truman comes closer to finding the truth, it turns into like that weird horror chase movie. Yeah. The music. Yeah. Like the din, 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 din. <laughs> very dramatic. <laughs> yeah. And then the other music when he's like all peaceful and placeboed and calm is like very uplifting. Yeah, it's like a little piano diddly doo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when it's just him like going about his life and yeah, just yeah, just doing bits of, like driving to work and going to pick up the newspaper and yeah. I think the most heartbreaking scene for me, I don't know, is when him and Marilyn are having like a drink uh, on the bridge. 
and he's like saying this all this lovely heartfelt stuff and then it's that like moment of like you realize it's being fed into his ear by christoph especially because the juxtaposition of like the words that he's saying as well it's like um i've known you for our whole lives and the last thing i would ever do is lie to you yeah you're being fed to him by christoph and he's saying it and like yeah that's (sighs) awful you're oh, my heart for him. I was like, oh God, this guy doesn't stand it. Like you're saying, this guy doesn't stand a chance outside yeah. the outside world. Imagine and I love trust issues you would have. <sighs> nah, man, go live in a cabin in the woods somewhere. Yeah, and I feel like out of all of them, Marlon is probably the one that is like the most genuine to him. Like mm. actually cares about him. I think. Um. There is a, there are deleted scenes. Um, oh really? That I did go and watch. Um, oh. And one of them is so it's because you know how they write they're going to write Meryl out of the show. She's going to leave him mm-hmm. after the whole thing where you know she thinks he's going to be violent and everything. Yeah. And they're going to introduce the new you know the new coworker that's going to be his yeah. new love interest. And so um, in the deleted scene they're talking about how they really really want to have the first like on air conception of a baby and it's going to going to be through her um and then somebody questions um so it's like Christoph is talking to like the cast backstage explaining how this is going to go and introducing this girl to the cast and then someone says okay like once the baby's born like then what happens and Christoph says um there's going to be like two um like two two feeds or two streams basically one will be following Truman and one will be to follow the baby and then Marlon says um and then what happens when Truman dies it just goes back to one camera then and it's like that one tiny little moment of like, yeah, he does care about him because he's kind of standing up for him in that moment. He's like, wow. what happens when he dies? Yeah. A little glimpse of humanity from him there. That was actually one of my questions. I was thinking, I was going to ask you, do you think that, that that the kid, they wanted to have the kid to keep it going? I think so. I think so. Um, because they know they've got a good thing going. And that can only like their fan base and everything like can only grow, but it can only grow if they keep it moving. And like, mm. if they're not going to let him travel and there's not really much else happening in his life, like it's going to start to get stagnant very quickly. I don't know. It's 30 years of, I think of just like more in life. I think that's the thing that made it work. Like People like, we're like, my life isn't exciting, but neither is Truman's. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I guess I was kind of thinking that, like, you know, as somebody who is in their 30s, you can kind mm-hmm. of feel like all the big sort of life things are done. Like, obviously, they're not. But in terms of the first 30 years of your life, like, a lot happens in terms of, like, you know, you're born, you learn to walk and talk, and you go to school, and, and then you go to another school, and then you do your exams, and then you go to college, and then, like, you know, you have your you. first love and then you get married and you get your first job and all that kind of stuff. And for Truman, like he is married. He's got his, like his little circle. He's established. Of, exactly. He's got his job, his very boring job. Um, and like, yeah, like what else is going to happen? And I guess, yeah, they wanted to have a kid. They want him to have a kid to like have, have to keep the show moving, to have something else happening. But also so that, yeah, when he dies, the show can continue. Imagine... Imagine if it kept going and Truman never escaped and they had the kid and just both of them. Like, imagine that. 
that movie. So imagine the kid's a teenager. Yeah. And imagine the movie from the kid's point of view as a teenager. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Especially because, like, so as I said before, like, it feels very, like, 50s. 50s mm-hmm. and it's obviously set up to be that way because it's kind of seen as like this idealistic time in the world um, and like oh yeah I have another loophole to throw into you for this oh. one as well so let's say it's a um, guy or girl whatever um, but obviously it's a as you said it's a conservative town it's a big appeal what if the son the guy or girl is gay oh that would put their show's ratings through the roof. Yeah. And yeah, again, like at the time, so this was in the late 90s, um, but you've got that 50s feel, like, I don't know how what, that would go over. Like, would they try and, because like, say, because like, it's like the people, like they come in, the, fund, the funders are like all rich white men. Yeah. So like, you think that they'd be like, no, like they'd, they'd try and push them away from that? I mean, it's think? a really interesting thing because, he would never have known that gay was a thing. Like he's not gonna like see it on TV or or like any. He's got no access to seeing what that oh, is. So I never not not that. to say that he would never realize that he was gay, but like from personal experience, like yeah. um, you don't see that like represented anywhere when you're growing up. Like it's just, right. like, you don't even know that it's like. Not that it's okay. old, obviously, but it's not it's not even an option, right? You're just told that like you're gonna grow up and right. marry a man. And you're like, all right, I guess that's what I'm gonna do. Even if it doesn't sound that appealing to you, you're like, but that's like that's you, you don't even think that's the only option because that's not even a thought in your head. It's just like that's what it's gonna be. Um so not to say that they he would never have figured it out, but um, There would always be some. Yeah, I think so. Because, like, as we saw with, like, with Meryl, they, with Truman and Meryl, like, they pushed her onto him and he had no choice. That, mm. right? Oh, yeah. Even though he yeah. really wanted to be with Lauren. Oh, yeah. Was, like, okay. They took her from the show because yeah. he so wanted to be with her and pushed Meryl onto him. So they would do that with another character as well. And he, you know, would probably just live another miserable 20 or 30 years. Wow. How interesting would this little been if Silvio was a guy? Oh, yeah! If they did a remake, they could do that. That'd be so interesting. That really would, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'd really like. I'd be really into watching that. That'd be great. Like, you know? yeah, yeah, that would be cool. They only actually give you the whole explanation of like the whole world about three quarter way through because three. Like, I think then you're introduced to like the bar. There's a Truman bar and they're watching yeah. it 24 yeah. seven. There's those two old ladies. I There's that them. like Asian family that doesn't speak a word of English. <laughs> they're going, good afternoon. Good evening. <laughs> no, good, good morning. <laughs> yeah. And there's two guys, the security guys in the, in the like, great. car park yeah. as well. Like, yeah. It's kind of like goggle box, isn't it? Like back at home. It is a bit actually. Yeah. <laughs> and for those of you who are like don't know what that is it's a sh- it's strangely enough a show about watching people watch a show you're literally watching <laughs> people sitting on their sofas watching tv it's so weird it's yeah. so weird you think <laughs> shout out shout out to the cabra girls <laughs> Woo, cabra girls goggle box ireland <laughs> claim to fame <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, claim claim. And what I thought was interesting, the inter Velodot's interview and Christoph says, I thanks for coming on because I know that you guard your privacy so much. Yeah. The and I was just like, there, like motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the complete irony there. Yeah. I did pause it when Sylvia calls in and like you see her apartment for a bit. So I paused it Ooh. and like looked around the pictures that she has in her wall. And there's like posters that say, say no to the Truman Show. And there's like pictures of like the cast members that are when they're outside the bubble. Oh, interesting. And like she has stuff written on them, like being like unable to get to this person because of blah 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 unable to get to this um marlon would be a prime one to get to but unable to like stuff like that okay and then the sign that really caught my eye was first truman who's next our children which goes back to what we just said like if they had a kid like yeah they would just be carrying on but yeah so she's obviously like dedicated her whole life to trying to get this shut down yeah would do you think that she she was just an actress and uh, she just fell in love with him? And... So I, yeah, I kind of think that she was an actress that, you know, f- probably felt she got real lucky getting on the show and then mm-hmm. realized how warped it was and how wrong it was, um, especially once she met him. I, yeah, because she kind of, yeah, she definitely waits. She get waits to get her moment to try and tell him you know, however badly we think she did of that. Um, she yeah. waits to get her moment <laughs> to tell him. She doesn't just, like, run in. I mean, there is that little, like, snippet where it's um, it shows you all the times that people have tried to. You know, like, I'm on the Truman Show! <laughs> <laughs> and she doesn't do that. She's very sensible about it. So I like to think that she was on the show and then very quickly had, like, a, you know, her conscience overcame her. Mm. Um, and, yeah, she's a, she's the only person who truly loves him. Because she wants what's actually best for him. Yeah. I will, so funnily enough, in what a deep dive into this uh, film I did, the original script was much darker. Oh, okay. Just when we thought it was real dark already. Yeah. Like, so the writer, and what was his name again? The writer, um, Andrew Nicole. I think I'm saying his name right or whatever. He won in his original script. It was set in New York. Truman was an alcoholic. Oh, um, he was having an affair. What? Yeah, and like he was like apparently like suicidal and shit. And then the director Peter Weir came in and was like, "Let's make this much more upbeat and friend and family and friendly because if we do that, it's gonna show how much more terrifying it is." Okay. Oh, and it is, yeah. It definitely is more terrifying because it's so, like, normal. It's like frosting on a cake, but the cake is made out of sick. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's quite a visual. (laughs) You're like, oh, that looks good. But then really, and you're eating it, and you're like, they don't know. They don't know. So disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Interesting, though, because so the original script sounds to me more like what a sequel would be. Like him living in a big city and has drank himself into oblivion to get over this horrific, like traumatic thing that happened to him. And yeah. Yeah. 
so obviously then um they reset they think that they save him because like they brought his dad back in do you think so obviously he's like acting normal then so he can like plan his escape yeah what do you think because i didn't know what was going on to his head what do you think's going on in his head like when he's planning that so he obviously realizes that he has no escape because he's tried everything and no Mm. matter what happens it's blocked um, and so I think he has realized that he has to just pretend like everything's normal and then just trick them. Um, and he, he marked, he's figured out where the cameras are at some point because that's how he escapes by blocking the view of the cameras right in his basement. Yeah, I don't know. Like, because they never, they're not, not clear on that. Yeah. I, that's why I was thinking like he doesn't know really what it is until like the very end that he's in his yeah. show. So I think I'd be like, then. well, they're always watching. Yeah. They're always fucking watching. So I have to be as secret as possible. Yeah. So he maybe doesn't quite figure out that it's like cameras, but he knows for sure that people are like, they can see what he's doing because he can't make a decision without without them like intervening. Yeah. Yeah. So he knows he's got to be stealthy about it. I love the final battle when he's on the sea. It's so good. And it's him versus Kristoff. And the character I most relate to with this show is that guy in the bath. <laughs> when like, like seriously, when I was a kid, like I remember doing that, like watching a show, like when I was like eight watching Rocky and being like, oh, I'm giving Rocky all my strength to get up and fight Apollo Creed. Like it's uh, like all <laughs> stuff like that. But he's like holding on to the shower. He's got like, hold on. it's so good it's so good and it's so dramatic and it's definitely in those scenes of him like he's tied himself to the boat and they're so determined for him not to leave that like he's literally like Christoph is willing to risk killing him on TV and to stop him from leaving because he's like you know I I think he says something like um, well he was born on TV he can die on TV and he feels like he owns him um and he can have yeah he wants to have that final control over him um it's and but when he does and the storm comes down and the music starts playing it's funny because i feel weird about ah oh, this my film's such a trip because i'm like saying the music in it is brilliant when they bring it in and when the director uses it but the music that they're doing is in the film the music is like the guy's playing piano it's a live orchestra yeah. that they're using as part of the truman show Ah, oh, it's such a mind trip. <laughs> it actually is. It is. But yeah, that last scene is so good. And um, yeah, Jim Carrey, actually, I don't know if you know this, he actually did nearly die when they were filming that. Um, did he? Because wow. they were filming it, obviously, in a pool with like the wave machine and everything, and he nearly drowned. Um, and everybody just thought he was doing such a good job of acting the scene. Um, but he did an interview about it later on, and he was like, yeah, I did actually nearly die doing it which is pretty scary i mean it worked because it looked so good it looked so (laughs) good yeah and i love that bit where yeah they they finish the storm and the boat gets back upright and he's he just starts to look happy again like sailing on his boat and then the the front of the um the front of the boat like goes through the wall the horror of it and it's like (gasps) he reached the end of the world like flat earthers are probably like we told you we Uh, told you (laughs) like he reaches the end and it's that moment for him and he's like trying to break through the wall and he's like banging and it's not going anywhere but like he's getting all his frustration out and it's just must just be for him that moment of like i 
knew it. I knew yeah, it. I'm not you crazy. Questioning your own sanity for a long time, and then all of a sudden, you're like, "I was right all this time." It's it's so satisfying. Yeah. And then what a brilliant way to end it as well with that catchphrase that he it's does. So good. It was and the perfect. music covered in. Yeah, <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. I like so they do that, and obviously it ends on a high note, but. Then I think it ends on a low note or like a warning note because we go back to those security guards and they're like, oh, oh yeah, cool. Then like, what else is on? Yeah, and they just flip so, flip the channel. So it's like director saying you don't realize the control that the media has. Yeah, yeah, and I think like he so he opens the door, um, and he walks out, and but he walks into complete black. He, and that's obviously like so symbolic because it's like, yeah, what is he walking out into is like the absolute unknown, like a man in his 30s and he's walking out to start learning how to live in the real world. Um, and, you know, most likely walking into like a pit of depression and all kinds of like questions about everything. Um, but yeah, as you say, then the guys are just like, what else is on? And they just like flick the channel over because it's just it was just entertainment. Yeah, All that's it. it. And just entertainment for them. And it's almost like they're saying, you've seen everything that this does to people, but you're still just being like, yeah, that's fine. What's yeah. on next? Yeah. And next? Yeah. So, so messed up. And yeah, like we all do that. So true. You're yeah. just like, can't wait for the next season. Yeah. Can't wait for the next movie. Can't wait for Star Wars 12 return of like the jelly bean. Jelly <laughs> <laughs> bean. <laughs> all right. I have some quick fire questions for you. All right. Okay. 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 So standout performance. Standout performance. Well, like Jim Carrey. Yeah, that's fair. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. No rules. <laughs> the dog, Pluto. <laughs> yeah, the old man that sells the papers. <laughs> but I mean, it obviously, like, it is, it is Jim Carrey. Like, he's perfect for the role, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's the star of the show in many ways. He really is. Yeah, and and so many layers of the way. Yeah. Um, character you most relate to? Oh, um. That's a hard one because nobody's real. Mm. Like nobody is real. Even Truman, who's meant to be the true man, like he's not even real. That is real. Um, I think you'd be Sylvia because I can definitely say if this was like a real thing in this world, you would like protest against it. I'm happy with that answer. Yeah, I I think I'd have to choose her as well. Actually, mm-hmm. I yeah, because it's so like it's so corrupt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. I'll t- I'll take the high road and I have her, yeah. <laughs> um favorite scene. Um the yeah, so the one where it's Truman and Marlon on the bridge having the big deep conversations about life is is definitely up there, but it's so heartbreaking. So I'm gonna have to say yeah, that last scene that we just talked about where like the boat hits the wall and he walks out, like it's just like really? it's, it's pretty iconic, yeah. Yeah. And favorite line. Okay, so I think this is probably everybody's favorite line, and I'm probably going to butcher it as well. But um, it's where Christoph says, "We accept." Oh no, I'm definitely going to butcher it. Mm-hmm. We 
accept the reality we're given. Isn't yes, it? we accept the reality of the world with which we are presented. And, yeah. and it's actually wow. like, it's so true. So, and we all do it we all do it like you you just do and like we obviously have access to way more like we can find out every side of everything that we want to in the world but it's still very much like yeah you know we we scroll through our own social media but you're only seeing what you want to see right because you only follow the people that you choose to follow. follow so so true yeah so definitely I... like we yeah that has to be the best line i think definitely that's completely forgot about that one but i thought you were gonna go with in case i don't see it <laughs> good morning good afternoon and good night um so here's a, another interesting thing is that people in real life after watching this film believe that they were on a tv show i've heard about this and definitely as like a teenager it was one of those things that like a kind of it's like a fleeting moment of like oh maybe i am real yeah, but there are actually, yeah, people have actually been... Schizophrenics. Yeah, like, completely. A person, yeah, a person, like, actually took a plane to New York because they thought 9-11 was a plot twist in their own storyline. Oh, whoa. Like, this is genuine stuff, whoa. like, all from psychiatrists. Like, another fella thought that he needed to climb the Statue of Liberty and his um, high school sweetheart would be waiting for him at the top and then that would be the end of his show. Whoa. Like mad shit. Oh, that's really sad. So I know. interesting. Like so interesting how the brain works. How self-absorbed we are that we're like, I yeah, know. of course everybody's watching us. I know. Yeah, world rounds me. But like Truman's life is pretty boring and people still wanted to watch it, so Um, I was thinking the scary thing would be about this this movie if they remade it now. He would never be able to get out. If they made this movie now, like with all the small cameras they'd have mm-hmm. and all the techni- technology like advancements, he would never be able to escape the show, the no. set, I don't think. No. No, it would be, yeah. Because they would have, they could create a set that is like way bigger. Like mm-hmm. now that we know how popular and how wildly successful reality TV is, the budget for it would be so much bigger. They could. Virtual reality. Ooh, yeah. If you go anywhere. Yeah. So I gotta ask you this now. Uh oh. How do you know that you're not in the show? Because my life is too boring. <laughs> that was Truman's. I know. I don't. Anybody that's listening right now, how do you know that you're not a show? You don't. We don't know. We just don't know. That's we're on a simulation. <laughs> that's quite. It is quite a scary thought. <laughs> So bringing it back around, this is my final question, and this isn't a quick fire question, so you can take your time with this. What impact do you think the film had socially and personally? Socially is an interesting one because the movie came out before reality TV hit mm-hmm. big time, and it, I know that like the one of the first, um, I don't know what it was, one of the first reality TV shows came out not that long after it. But obviously the script for this movie was written in like the early 90s, I think. And mm-hmm. um, so it was like, I can't say like ahead of its time, but you know what I mean? It didn't, it didn't take like influence from Big Brother or from any of those shows. Um, and I think at the time people were probably like, oh, you know, it's a good movie, but it's like dystopian. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it now and you know, the, like, like the world that we live in, it is not. <laughs> It is not at all. 
Um, very 1984-esque. Very much so. Very much so. Um, and then personally, like, yeah, obviously you do have those moments after you've watched it where you're like, this could be me. Everybody's watching <laughs> me and laughing at the stupid things I do in the mirror. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, um, it definitely makes you think about, like, control, the level of control okay. and, like, how other people's actions can inadvertently control you. Okay. Um, do you think that's why it resonate, resonates with you so much? Um, I guess it could be. It could be. I feel like I when I watch it now, it feels like a different movie than when I first watched it. Because I definitely loved, like... Because, like, I mean, he obviously lives on a movie set. But it also looks very like a movie set. It looks kind of like Disney or something like that. You know, like mm-hmm. the streets and everything. So there's definitely that thought of, like, wouldn't it be really nice to, like, live in this world where there's no... Like, nothing bad happens. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you're you're actually... You're protected. You're completely protected. Um. Unless, of course, you know, Christoph wants to kill you in a boat. <laughs> like, there's definitely that sense of, like, it would be a really nice, idyllic little life to live. Yeah. That longing to belong yeah. in the home of homes. <laughs> the best place to live. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's a nice way to end it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank yeah. Thanks for coming on, Ned. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Listening to me rambling about stuff I don't know anything about. <laughs> no, I say this to all of my guests, but I do hope that you'll come on again. Maybe a different one other. What do you like? Do you have any other films that you actually like, Ned? I uh, I'll get back to you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so next week we actually have a Halloween special. <laughs> we have we're going to be doing Psycho. With none other than my girlfriend, you know, Ball and Chain, Dara <laughs> Carney. <laughs> um, yeah. Her, we're going to be talking about Psycho, the Alfred, Alfred Hitchcock classic. Um, and I'm sure Nay will tune in. Because, of course. You know, Maybe I'll even watch the film. <gasps> wow. <laughs> the I'm honored. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thanks for everybody for listening. Thanks for Nay for coming on. Nay, say goodbye to the people. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, yeah, I'll finish with this. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs>